Ladies and gentlemen. Ladies and gentlemen. Podcasting. Podcasting from Sydney, Australia. This is the Prime Podcast. Independent, unfiltered, and uncensored. Beginning in three, two, one. Heidi. Hello. How are you? I love that you just asked before we turn the microphones on, what do you want me to call you? <laughs> yeah, I know. I said, because some people are funny. They're like, no, I want you to refer to me with my official title. Some people like just call me Pete. So, Well, true, true. You do sometimes talk to doctors and, you know, people with big followings on Instagram. And then you've got good old Heidi here. <laughs> just boring oh, old Heidi. <laughs> you've got a great Instagram. Another one with oh, your Instagram. You. You've been stalking you- me. You pop up. I, I, I'm selective with who I want to see in my feed so it doesn't get full of shit. But, yeah, I no, you're so uh, a favourite. <clears throat> Thank you. I feel privileged. Well, you know, you, you're one of those people that just are positive. Brightens a mood. Mm. And if you're having a shit day, Heidi pops up, it's better. <laughs> That's good. Oh, that, that, that should literally be my bio on Instagram. For those who don't know who I am, you can stalk me at underscore Heidi Anderson. And that's going to be my new bio. Um, literally keeps you positive, brightens your day. Is that what you said? Something like that. Absolutely. <laughs> I'd have it there. Anyway, what are you up to? I'm actually escaping family life at the moment. So I'm sitting in a cool little villa down in Mandra in Western Australia, about an hour from our house, looking out on the beach right now. I've escaped my toddler and my husband who are both in isolation. <laughs> You're lucky a getaway. How do you get those? How do I get? How, how do, do get you get the getaway? This? I need one. Oh, do you know what? We have a deal, hubby and I. So we've been together nine years this year. We've had our little boy. He's nearly three. One of the big things that we said, and I know you're crazy. you got five children. So I don't know how you would ever tap out you with your Jasmine. But we have a thing where we, like, if we need to tap out, we come to each other and we say, like, it's time to tap out. I need to take, like, a couple of days out or a day or whatever. And it's just when we need to recharge and reset. Like, I've had COVID recently. Um, he's now got it. We've all been stuck in the house for a couple of weeks together and, you know, like I'm going through like some crazy healing journey at the moment. I'm doing all the personal development stuff. So I just haven't felt like myself. So I've tapped out of life and here I am talking to you in this little villa at a secret getaway. You're very lucky. You know what? My getaway, you said you're from New South Wales before you said you worked at Newcastle. Yeah, 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 yeah. Did you ever go down the South coast? Yes, I used to go to the South Coast a lot. Yeah. Have you been down to Lake Conjola? Haven't been to Lake Conjola. No. Where is that near Batemans Bay? No, it's um just before Oladala, maybe 20 minutes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So I used to go to Shell Harbour all the time where my auntie used to live. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Beautiful spot. You know, I love that place. And it's good there because we obviously take all the kids along and it's, it's all cabins but that's not there, a getaway so. then. If the kids are there, you've got five. Like, that's not an escape tap out moment. Yeah, but you know what? This is going to sound maybe a little bit strange, but my my <laughs> kids, I look at them, like, especially my my two oldest ones, they're more friends. Like, obviously, I'm their dad, but we have that yeah. really cool relationship where we'll sit there and we'll play. It lets me go back to my childhood. So we sit there and play some PlayStation and yes. I've got an excuse to do yeah. it. So it's cool. I do. I do love that. It's funny you say that. I literally just bought a doll for my little boy, Memphis. I bought three dolls. So we we can play dolls, me, husband, and him can all play dolls together. Because I was like, sometimes we do have to go back to our childhood. That's like some of the personal development stuff that I've been doing. Like, because we spend so much time being, you know, like so serious about fucking life. And like, it can be really stressful, as we all know, especially the last couple of years. And some of the deep work that I've been doing, like you got to go back to your inner child so the other day I went to Kmart pulled out Barbie dolls I could buy Kmart Barbie dolls for four dollars fifty like you probably know that like Kmart is the place to be I was like holy shit we used to pay like thirty dollars for a Barbie doll back in the day now that you can buy them for four dollars fifty so I bought three (laughs) it's the only thing that's gone backwards everything else has gone up yeah yeah so we get like it's in Doctor Strange you don't like Marvel I can't get into it. Oh man, you're not even missing out on seriously. You got to go back yeah. to the beginning, but I never watched. I didn't watch a single Marvel movie to about probably six months ago. Now I've watched every single one of them. And what's so good about it for someone like me who 
just I, like I pretty much am rolling my eyes like fucking hell really yeah, what's so, so good, good about it? it it's like um oh I'm not into sci-fi I fucking can't stand sci-fi Star Trek Star Wars <laughs> into it. No it's way. horrible yeah right so but what I like with the Marvel movies they're they're set the majority of them are set on earth right so a lot of it's relatable and they go to school and do normal shit and then they have like Spider-Man for an example he's a normal guy but he can fucking shoot webs from his hand right so <laughs> there's like a, a level of of reality i guess in it um but once you get like as i said from the beginning like you learn all their stories and they all tie in together it's incredible like the people who create that are, are geniuses it all yeah. ties in together um and it's just like this one big world like i don't know once you start watching it you'll get it you'll, you'll understand okay it. what would your what would your superpower be oh that's a good one my superpower <laughs> Flying. That's all I want to do. I'd love to just fly. Yeah. I mean, you could get to just get on a plane and do that or. (laughs) Yeah, but I'd love to just fly down the road. I've wanted to go to the shop. Yeah, I know what you mean. No parking. You have to worry about parking. Just straight into the shop. (laughs) That and probably um, Thor's hammer is pretty cool. Oh, yes. Oh, my God. Thor, he's Marvel. Of course. Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, okay. You've sold me. Maybe I'll go watch that. There we go. Yeah. There's a new one. He's sold with Chris Hemsworth. Oh, what's the new one? Oh, this should be like a promo for Marvel, by the way. Like know, you might have to get them on to sponsor this. Paid promotion. Um, <laughs> no, um, for I can't even know what it's called, Love and Thunder or something. It's the new one. We just went oh, out okay. um, on, was it Sunday night? Me and my brother and, and the kids went out to see um, the new Doctor Strange. Who, oh. you know, who creates portals. No, you wouldn't know. Yeah, see, I don't know. No. I, I'm like, it sounds strange. It does sound strange, right? But I don't know. I um, I love it. I don't know. Like I'm, I'm into it more than the kids at times. Yeah. Like well, right it, it sounds like from the <clears throat> inner child work that I'm doing, Chris, that you are actually enjoying your inner child work. Yeah, but so I never watched anything like that when I was a kid. I watched Dragon Ball Z and Pokemon. Yeah. See, I still watch I Dragon Ball Z. Pokemon. See, I never got into that. I watched Barbies or Strawberry Shortcake, but that's probably showing my age. Like I'm 38, so I can't even remember everything that we watched as kids. Yeah, no, the big ones were Dragon Ball Z. They're, they're cool. You can watch them today. I can still watch them and not get bored. I couldn't watch Pokemon now. Fuck, I couldn't do it. But <laughs> oh, Like what is even Pokemon? But anyway. <laughs> but yeah, no, so you got to embrace your childhood and go back and, and have – that's what I love about having kids – one of the best parts about it is you can just mm. exit adulthood and go back to your childhood, have some fun, have a laugh, innocent, innocent fun. Yes. Switch off from stress for a period of time. Yeah. But they also in that, in sometimes when you are stressed, trigger the fuck out of you. And that's where I've been like, cause Memphis is, he's a toddler, right? So he's two and a half as you remember those, like, like, yes, but not mm. always like those big emotions and, you know, like hubby goes to work early in the morning. And so I have him in, like, I gave up breakfast radio to be a mom and, you know, follow some of my things that I like personal projects that I was working on. And so I always had like big, crazy mornings, like with chaos in like breakfast radio. And then when Memphis was born, we had all these peaceful, nice mornings going to the beach. And then now he's a fucking toddler. I get screamed at every morning because I'm not feeding him snacks for breakfast and it just it triggers me like you know what I mean it triggers me like no end I'm like fuck why doesn't your dad get this crazy little shit but he's always just pushing the buttons with me so that is why I'm tapped out right now (laughs) oh you know what it's typical though my my kids are the same they they push them then they know how to push their mother and when it comes to me they know I'm very no like just no if no I give them any room for negotiation (laughs) if you want a snack you want a snack that's okay you can have some fruit that's it you're not having you're not having you're not having fruit cake or or, yeah. or fruit filled lollies you're having fruit the actual fruit so i'm very firm uh with what they can and can't do with their mum's more i wouldn't say she's not a pushover but she's very um oh yeah one won't hurt so. i know this is easy. You, you sound like my husband yeah. like he's like he needs some firm boundaries and this and that i'm like mm. he's fucking two and a half no he doesn't he needs love and compassion and he's like well it's not really working for you is it and i'm like <laughs> but it was watching bananas in pajamas the other day and bloody the bananas in pajamas told him that he needed to have a treat and so that just started world war three because i was like we're not having a bloody treat at 8 30 in the morning like we've just eaten breakfast 
And he was, oh, just, and that's what I mean. Like it just doesn't stop sometimes. It's just like a whirlwind. And I think when, you know, you've got shit going on in your head, which sometimes does happen to me being the anxious overthinker that I can associate myself with, you know, sometimes I'm like trying to solve the world's problems in my brain. And he's like, you know, triggering me, like pushing me, pushing all my buttons and I'm not present, which is something that I really like to be with him. Mm. And um, yeah, so I think, they trigger us for the best, like, you know, reasons. But, yeah, it's been yeah. motherhood is a rad. It's um, it's very tough. And I've been a father since I was, I think, what, 16. So I was very young. Oh, my God. Did my you guys have both. a No, wow. so my, my oldest son, um, he was yeah. to, if I'm being very honest, a one-night stand that went horribly wrong. Yeah. <laughs> when I was 15, 16, 15. And, um. Wow. Yeah, so um, he was, don't get me wrong, I still have a relationship with his mother. Everything's fine. There's no yeah. animosity or hatred, none of that. We got on well. Yeah. And you have to get on well when you've got a teenager, right? So, um, yeah, and then I've got the four to, to Jasmine, who you met just before. So, yeah, it was, wow. um, it's been good. You learn a lot. You're constantly learning. And, and I think, you know, finding ways that you can improve. I think a lot of it's mm, self-reflection. It's us. It's us. Yeah. And yeah. our moods, and just because you know we've got a million and one stresses, well, the kids have no stress, or they don't have good, nothing to worry about. So we can I mean, he's he's stressed about the fucking snack, like that's his biggest stress in the world, you know. That's right. Yeah, but it seems like the world's <laughs> ending for them, right? Over a snack. Yeah. So, but yeah, no, I've I've learned that it's a lot of the time it is me. So you know, mm. I'm constantly reevaluating myself as a father, and you know ways I can improve and all different things. But it's um rewarding, but very tough but it was um yeah the, the four that i've had obviously as i've been a little bit older um is a lot easier yeah. i mean it was difficult i was 16 17 years old going through children's court for for custody and i was a fucking child so a uh, different that's, that's yeah. why i have a few gray hairs i think i put it down to that that's my gray hairs <laughs> yeah. are from that yeah, I definitely started a lot later than you, you know. I, I mean, I was probably having sex at 16. Yeah, I was. Like, my, look, my mum's probably not going to listen to this podcast. Yeah, I did have sex when I was 16, but I didn't, you know, get knocked up or anything like that. And I had my first child at 37. So I did it a fair few years later than you. Yeah, but you know what? There's, there's benefits of both. I mean, obviously, with you having a child at your age, you, you know, you're more knowledgeable and you're a lot more awake to to you know, everything is happening in the world, especially now. Yeah. So yeah. you can, you know, you can better, I guess, guide them. And, you know, I, I was learning a lot myself, obviously, mm. uh, especially with my oldest one. Um, yeah. You know, I wasn't even an adult. So <clears throat> um, it, it is challenging, but, you know, now it's good. Now it's paid off because now he's 13, he plays footy. I go kick the footy with him and go to all his games and yeah. active. And whereas my dad had me when I was 40. So when I was sort of 13, he was in his 50s, right? So I'm only 29. So there was um, a big difference in my childhood, as I remember it, compared to the relationship I have with my son. So um, it's good now, but yes, it was very stressful. I was working $250 a week. I was working five days a week, 250 bucks, um, cash in hand, going to the tax I'm... office. And um, yeah, just trying to save up for cots and change tables oh and I just can't even imagine because like sometimes like I'll be sitting in my house and like Griffo and I have done pretty well for ourselves like we lots of traveling and then we've bought a couple of houses you know both of us were in pretty high paid well job you know well-paying jobs that before we had a baby and stuff but sometimes I'm in the house and I'm like fuck how do I have a family home? Like, am I really an adult? Like I literally have moments or what should I be left alone with my two and a half year old? Because like, really, am I, am I responsible for this little kid's yeah. life? And yes, I've kept him alive for the last two and a half years, but also I literally have moments all the time where I'm like, fuck, oh my God, am I the adult here? Am I the mum? Like, this is crazy, you know? So I can't even imagine, you know, having a child at 16. Like that's yeah. Wow. Yeah, but, you know, you learn a lot and, you know, my yeah. job now is to make sure that my son doesn't have a child when he's 16. Mm, <clears> yeah, <throat> is that a fear? Is that a fear of yours? Well, yeah, because I'll be a grandfather at 32, 33 years old. <laughs> You'd I, be a cool grandfather though. I know, but I'm like, well, that, that should, it might get me a record in the Guinness Book of Records. <laughs> I'd have to have a look. Oh, oh my God, that is so wild. 
but it'd be it'd be crazy. And then if that repeats again, I'll be a, what a great grandfather when I'm 48. <laughs> and I'll probably crazy. still be on child number one. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> it's crazy though. You know what? It's so crazy the way the world works. But I do. I, I'm a big believer in that things happen for a reason. And your paths are. You know, you yeah. go through a lot of shit and some difficulties, but ultimately, like in this case, well, now I can see that it was necessary for me to go through the struggles I did with him when I was 16 in order to be the person I am today. I'd be very different if yeah. it wasn't. I didn't have the, you know, I wasn't going out when I was 18. Like, I, don't get me wrong, I did go out occasionally, yeah. um, but it wasn't like my mates were going out every weekend. Friday night yeah. to Sunday night, they were plastered where I was at home with my son um, on the weekend. So <laughs> different, but yeah, everything happens for a reason. Yeah, look, I was pretty wild at 18, I have to say. My wild years were probably 18 and probably until I was about 32. (laughs) 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 You know what? You lived your life. You loved your life. That's all that matters. Yeah, and that's what I like when people say, you're like, Memphis, what if, you know, when he grows up, you know, will he be like you and Griffo, like traveling and crazy? And I'm like, yeah, don't know. He's not having sex. He's not leaving home. He's not taking drugs. He's not doing anything wild and crazy. I just want him to stay that little innocent child mm. forever. Yeah, it's scary, right? Thinking about when they get older and they start, yeah. especially when they go out by themselves and they're 18, like even though they're 18, okay, they're an adult, but still not really. Like we, we know, like we know you're not an adult when you're 18. The fact that 18 year olds can vote is fucking terrifying. Oh my right? God. Think about, oh. think about your choices when you're 18 till now. Like now you understand the real issues. Um, when you're 18, you don't give a fuck. I who's, don't who's know if I do. I'll wait for them. <laughs> I think I'm still working out the real issues. <laughs> yeah, well, I think we all are. They seem to be coming out every few days. But yeah, it's, it's you're not an adult when you're 18. And, you know, to think that, you know, our children are going to be 18 and going out on top of that, drinking in seedy clubs by themselves is fucking terrifying. And what if my child is the seedy guy? Like, do you know what I mean? That's what I think as well. Like, oh no. (laughs) The guy in the corner of the club, just standing there watching everyone all night. Praying on all those, those girls like that. He's like, you know, like, I got it. I got it going on. I'm like, no. You know what? Those guys, you know, before um before working in mental health, I worked um I was a bouncer, right? Were you? Yeah, oh I was. God. So yeah, I worked quite a few years in, in nightclubs and pubs and and whatnot. But you know what? When I was obviously it's fun being in a club when you're sober. It's it's weird. Yeah. But you <laughs> obviously observe so much, right? So yeah. you see like the guys who are just so full of confidence. And you're like, man, you shouldn't be. Like, what are you doing? Mm. But they walk up, they just get to, the, they'll get to like the hottest girl of the place and they'll, they'll start dancing with them. They have no fucking shame whatsoever. You know, I'd love to have that confidence. Yeah. I wish I had that confidence. Well, you know, this is something that I talk about. I've just launched my podcast called Champagne Confidence. And that is because mm. when I was in my 20s, I always had such amazing confidence because I was drunk on champagne. And so I kind of went on a quest to like find that confidence, you know, within myself without being drunk on champagne. And that's what I teach people now, because I think when you, when you are younger, like, do you know what I mean? It's kind of like, you don't, you've, you, you do mask your shame with like drinking and all that kind of stuff. And you do have this confident, like I was so confident when I was drunk, but then I was just, so in my head and scared of what everyone thought and everything when I was sober. And so, yeah, I kind of have been on a self-love journey for the last 10 years. So yeah, you saying that I'm like, it definitely, you do like when you drink, you think that you can take on the world, you can take on everyone. And like, you know, and that's my whole concept of my podcast is like, we can be that person now without being drunk on the champagne. That's very interesting. But you know, if that's, um, how are you going with that? Have you unlocked that yet? Oh, oh, look, I'm a work in progress. I definitely like, I'm, I'm a girl now, you know, we spoke about it before you turn the mic on. Like I'll walk through the shopping center in my bra and undies. This is who I am. Like, you know, confidence, building confidence. Like mm. I do it every day. Like I go to the ocean. That's part of me building my confidence, confidence. Cause I'm scared of the waves. I'm scared of fucking sharks. I'm scared of seaweed, but I still go in every single day to build that confidence. So yeah, that's kind of like what I'm sharing and taking people on that journey with me on my podcast and on my Instagram. And that's kind of how I lead the, you know, kind of the, the way. So I'm still a work in progress. I'm not 
hundred percent confident all the time. I still have days where I doubt myself as a mom. I have days where I doubt the skin that I'm in, the personality, what I've put out there on, you know, to the universe of social media. But what I think is, and what I teach people now is like, we've got to continue to make ourselves uncomfortable to continue to build that confidence. So when I'm feeling uncomfortable and like shit is like, this is really like sucks, you know, and feels gross Mm. and shitty. I'm actually building confidence and I'm doing the work. So yeah. So I'm definitely a work in progress. That's a big point. I don't think, you know, I think we're a very, not all of us. There's obviously some people when you can tell who those people are. Um, when they're extremely out there and loud and all the rest of it. I love that. But it's something that you do have to build. And, and you know, back in, I think it was December, I, I went to a, a, um, a protest out in Sydney, which was important for me. I didn't go to many protests, to be honest. Yeah. Um, yeah. Just because I felt like at the time I was doing enough with what I was doing with the podcast and my social yes, page. Also, I was full on. Right. And the weekends for yeah. me, it's for my children and my wife. So I was always, and they're always on a weekend. Right. So, but yeah. this one in particular was about the children. So obviously I will, yeah, I'll, I'll go to that one. And I was asked to speak there, which I did now at the time, like the last time I had to speak, you know, to a group of people when, when I was a manager, right. For the mental health company I worked for. And that was fucking traumatizing speaking to eight people. I used to fucking hate it. <laughs> So yeah. I used to, then to go from that to just going, yep, I'll do it without actually thinking about, okay, fuck you speaking to like 20,000 people. Yeah. And then when I went there and jumped on the stage um, with all the people, like it's, it's confronting when you're standing by yourself and you're looking at 20,000 people all staring at you, oh, fuck. <laughs> but I got through it with a bit of a sweat, but I got through it um, a bit red in the face, but I managed. Um, and that was extremely important. Um, I'll look yeah. back at that now. Like it was really important to experience that and to know that because if I got asked to do it again, I'd do it again, depending yes. on the circumstances, but I would do it with less. I wouldn't really hesitate because I, I know it can't be any worse than what it was the first time. Yeah. hundred so percent. That's what I'll yeah, take going into yeah. that. Feel the fear and do it anyway. That's what I, yeah. that's how you build confidence, you know, is a big. Yeah. All right. We're back now. Um, yeah. So as you were saying, about the confidence mm. and you mentioned uncomfortable now yeah I've, I've said for a long time and i've made videos about it in that a lot of people live in their comfort zone and that's oh. why i think the majority of people you know through the last two years have been very willing mm-hmm. to just go along with whatever they're told to do because in order for them to oppose it would mean stepping out of the comfort zone right so, oh my god yeah a hundred percent you can't grow like i say you cannot you won't grow you won't go anywhere if you live in your comfort zone and i feel like um my brother's a great example and i talk to him about it all the time is that he, you know he had he's got a good job stable job uh, but he's not appreciated mm. by by his by his boss and you know the owner of the business yeah. and i said to him, man you're like you're so knowledgeable you're smart you've been there for fucking eight nine years like you're not going to progress any further than you are because Above you is the owner of the company. Well, he's not going to give you the business. Mm. He's like, oh, you know, he's just because he's comfortable. And, you know, it's yes. so important to step out of that comfort zone to grow. You're not going to grow. That's why I have cold showers. I fucking hate it. Oh, my God. That's literally the cold water therapy. That's why I go to the beach every day. Like, and get in the cold water is because fucking feel the pain, feel being uncomfortable. Yeah, 100%. I agree. You know, one thing I do, and it's very fucking bizarre. That's why I don't speak about it publicly because people think, what the fuck? Like, I'll probably get a psych assessment. Is, is I will fill the bath up with just straight hot water, no cold water, and I'll stick my feet in it up to sort of halfway up my leg. Yeah, and burn and your feet. Bur- well, it doesn't burn. Like, there's no damage. It's not hot enough. Like, the water from the tap is limited, right, in terms of temperature. Yeah, okay. But yeah. it's hot enough to make you go, oh, fuck, like, it's not pleasant. But, <laughs> so you know. <laughs> after a minute, after a minute, you sort of it almost. You fall, I think it goes numb, to be honest. And yeah. you, and then I, I don't. For me, that was a huge thing. I read it. I don't know where I read it once, and I was thinking that's fucking crazy. But then I thought I am crazy. So yeah, you are crazy. Oh my god, I love that. Well, you know, okay. So I talked about this on my podcast recently. I actually, when I was really anxious and I was working radio, I would, to make myself uncomfortable, would drive. Like, you're going to think this is not crazy at all. (laughs) But for me at the time, it was so uncomfortable. I would drive like a different way home from work (laughs) because that was so uncomfortable for me to be, to go like, okay, I'm going to go the wrong way today. And like, that was huge and stepping outside my comfort zone. So I think that's yeah, but as that, weird. 
that is not water. That is it's different. It's a different kind of weird. I mean, it's what a happens different if, kind of weird. What if you're stuck in traffic or you got home half an hour late? Well, this, this is the thing that was, that's part of being uncomfortable and trying new okay. things, you know, and for someone who like, I, I try not to say that I have anxiety because I don't want to be labeled with that. Like, so I experienced anxiety quite severely a few years ago and had some really dark times and I was working in breakfast radio and I was having panic attacks in the middle of the show. But for me to start off stepping outside my comfort zone and building my confidence again, <laughs> I used to drive different ways home because I was so set in routine and anyone who suffers mental health, as you would know, probably from all the work and stuff that you've done, you know, we're so routined a lot of the time and everything is like, you know, we put in boxes or we do over, you know, so that we can survive. Um, and, you know, when I was in this really dark period, of, when I was coming out, I was like, okay, my psych was like, well, could you maybe drive the wrong way home from work? And I was like, okay, yeah. And now I teach that with people, you know, with building confidence. It's like, well, what can you do that makes you uncomfortable? Like today it could be as simple as driving a different way home and you don't have, you're not allowed to check your phone. So if you get lost, you got to try and make your way back home, you know, and, 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 and come back to yourself. So I like, when I teach building confidence, I like to teach with exposure therapy, which is everything that I've done, all the, like all the work that I've done on myself, like walking through a shopping center in my bra and undies, that's exposure therapy, you know? Um, it how, I started off just, Oh, fuck, it was, how, how did you feel it was, before? It was wild. It was. So the reason why I walked through a shopping center in my bra and undies was because I was the girl 10 years ago on a breakfast radio show in Bunbury, Western Australia. And I said that I hated myself and I was covering my arms with like all the time with cardigans in the middle of summer. Like I wouldn't even get in a swimsuit. I was wearing baggy board shorts and a t-shirt or whatever. And when I declared on radio that I hated myself and wasn't comfortable in the skin that I am, that was literally me in the start of my champagne confidence journey, right? Like I was shedding my shit on the radio, telling people how I was truly feeling, took the mask off, was vulnerable. And so from there, I've kind of built myself up to like walk through a shopping center in my bra and undies. Now I don't give a fuck. So when I was teaching these women to come to this workshop of mine, to get them to step outside their comfort zone, I was like, how can I, what's the next level for me? Like I can get a photo shoot in my bikini on the beach now. And I'm not fucking worried. Like, I don't care. Like my mm. fucks are saved for the people that are close to me. So I was like, what could I do? And then I said to the girls in my program that I was coaching at the time, who would come and walk through a shopping center in their bra and undies and get a photo shoot in there? Like how uncomfortable and scary. And seven of them said, we will support you, Heidi, even though we won't go to the beach on our own because we're shit scared. And I was like, right, this is me, exposure therapy, stepping outside my comfort zone, building, you know, my confidence. And so we did it just before I walked through the doors. We were absolutely shitting ourselves thinking, what the fuck are we actually doing? Like, this is so crazy and wild. We had like bouncers with us because at the, you know, the shopping center was like, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, there's eight women walking through a shopping center in their bra and undies. And we walked through. And as soon as those doors opened, I have never felt such peace, believe it or not. Like I felt excited and calm and someone came over to us and we, people were cheering, crying. Like we had one lady, Maggie, take her clothes off with us. She was wearing quite sexy underwear for like a almost 75 year old or 80 year old. <laughs> I was face. like, oh, you're looking pretty good there, girl. I've got like my bloody maternity bra and undies on and she's like got all this sexy underwear, but she got, she took her clothes off in the middle of the shopping center crying. And, you know, we had someone walk over to us and they're like, what are you girls protesting? And I was like, we're not protesting. And then I was like, actually, no, yeah, we are. We're basically saying up yours to society's expectations and bullshit beauty standards. And we're taking our power back. So yeah, we are fucking protesting actually. And it was one moment in my life that I will never forget. It went viral. Heaps of people shared it. Um, and I think that's how your wife came across me. I think people were sharing it on Instagram. My friend, Christian Hull, who's just a crazy, funny fucker. He was all over it, loving it, sharing it on his socials. And um, I then got picked up by SBS after that. And we did like the whole, uh, like we ended up doing a documentary with them and it was wow. life-changing. It was, and that is exposure therapy. That is like building your confidence, like feel the fear, do it anyway. And now I'm going to hopefully be doing like walks of no shame around Australia when I release my book soon. Oh, I'll be getting that 
if I don't my yeah, wife, you can walk. You can walk. You can get Jasmine. You can get Jasmine <coughs> in the walk of no shame with with us. You know what? It, it, that's true though, because you know what? <laughs> Quickly back to the Marvel. I have so many fucking Marvel shirts, right? It's probably an embarrassment. If you're <laughs> like, I've got a Spider Man shirt, a Captain America yeah. shirt. Um, I never wear them in public for that reason. Like people are looking like I'm a fucking weirdo, like I'm a nerd. Like, Maybe you've got to wear it in public now. I'm going to. Next time I go, I, I want to dress up. I'll take a photo and send it to you. Yes, please. Because this, this is the thing. You <clears> obviously <throat> worry what people think, but it's like, you know, save those fucks for the people around you. You know, 20% of the time, like, I don't give a fuck. Like 80% of the time, I don't give a fuck what people think. 20% of the time I do. And that's the people that are around me that are close. And, you know, I'm not going to worry about the person in the beach or the shopping center who judges me for wearing a bikini and says that I'm not aesthetically pleasing or do you know what I mean? That I should be wearing a bikini. Like, because to be honest, I'm never going to think about that person again. They're probably never going to think about me ever again. They might've had that moment of judgment, but who gives a shit? So I reckon wear that shirt, boy. I will. I'll wear it out there. I was like, because look, I got... Me and my son got matching Marvel shirts and I wear it when we have our every Friday night and now Saturday nights we have a Marvel night where we sit down and eat popcorn and shit and watch the yes. movie. We all dress up in matching superhero clothes. I'm like, all right, next time, that's it. I'm going. The next time comes like, yeah, nah, but not. But you know what, God. though? <laughs> in saying that, I will say this, is that about uh, probably towards the back end of last year, people started recognising me in public, right? So that was a huge thing for me because I never mm. had that before. I used to go to the shops not giving a fuck what I was wearing, how I looked. I used to rock up yeah. in, in pajamas if slippers on, give a fuck. Now though, <laughs> now though, because I know that people will recognize me. And and only two nights ago, I had someone um, outside of Coles literally stand outside and wait for me to say hello, which I love that, right? Um, so but good. at the same time, it's like people might recognize me. I don't recognize them, obviously. I, I don't. I can't know everyone that follows me, but um, yeah. I don't recognize people. They see me, so I'm like, I can't really look like shit. Or yeah. I want to take a little bit but of pride in my appearance, right? Um, well, that's right. But um, I don't know. That's something that I've had to learn to deal with because I've, I've typically been a very socially anxious person. Mm. Um, that's why it took me a minute to get the podcast going because I was like, when I first started it, I was like, oh, I was really nervous about it. And and because they're like this, right, they're free flowing. There's no, it's not scripted. I don't have a list of questions I ask you. We just talk, normal yeah. conversation. Um, yeah. So that was a huge step for me as well to get the show started, just to get it started. Um, so I am breaking down those barriers as I go mm. along with what I'm doing, but it's a weird, you know, obviously you know what it's like being, you know, yeah. recognized in public. It, it's at first it's very confronting. Um, and yeah. I can't even get over the fact that people want to fucking, uh, the fact that people like me, I like, and support me. I can't get up my head around that in itself yeah. is weird. Right. Um, it's, so it, it's different. It, it, yeah. And it's, but I think it's like taking that moment and like accepting that. And like, you know, I think one of the things that I'm kind of been going through as well, like with my healing journey and stuff is like actually being really seen in those moments where we're not perfect or you know what I mean? Like where we do look a bit like shit or you know what I mean? And like, mm. we're so afraid to be fully seen sometimes, you know, and that's, yeah. And, and, and it is scary, but like, I remember when I came out of Big Brother, which was in 2013 and mate, I couldn't even walk through an airport. The show was still live. Like it was insane. It took me, I think, to walk through Melbourne airport, like almost three hours. I was lucky that we were there early because wow. it was so hectic. People just taking photos, wanting to talk. It was insane. I'd never experienced anything like that. And I was quite anxious with my time in the house. The last week, I didn't really know how to talk about my anxiety and I was feeling really anxious and didn't like how I was kind of the last week. So it was pretty hectic. I felt your, like, you know, social anxiety. I, I could feel that too for me. But I remember, like, I was getting so many photos and I was just like, do you know what? I just have to embrace that some people are going to put up a photo where they look good and I have 10 chins. And, you know, that was <laughs> that was me again, like, just accepting that, that's actually not who I am if I've got like 10 chins in these photos. Cause I was getting so many selfies and people were tagging me in them. And I was like, fuck, Oh my God, I look like, you know, I've got 20 chins or that's a terrible photo of me or whatever. And I just remember thinking like, that's what I fucking look like. So I just have to get over it and I just have to move on. And it's just one photo. It doesn't define who I am. It's not like what I really look like. I say quotation marks. Like, do you know what I mean? Like maybe, you know, like I always do fun photos now on Instagram where I've got like 10 chins and posted on my story, but that's me exposing myself to being uncomfortable. Like, you know, that's how I do little bits of like work every, as I like to call it, like, I do 1% 
towards like building my confidence every day. And if I make those 1% changes every day, that's 365 by the end of the year. So that's why I do uncomfortable things like where I might look like the ugliest, you know, 20 chins in the world person, because that's how I build my confidence. And, and when I got out of Big Brother, I was like, I can't control what people think of me and I can't control what photos are out of me. So I just have to embrace it. I'm not going to be like, sorry, can't take a photo. Don't put that photo up. I look like a heifer. That's so right. I just... So I, that's, that's where how I think I kind of started to just, you know, become more confident in the way that I am because, you know, by actually making myself uncomfortable. What, what do you think causes that? Because we all, as, as children, we remember like when you're a kid, you don't give a fuck. Like you'll yeah. break, you'll break down in the middle of an aisle because you didn't get a toy. Like you don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about you. Yeah. Then we hit a certain point, which I think is probably oh. teenage 13, where you don't want to be seen holding mummy's hand anymore and that sort of thing. Yeah. Something happens. Where yeah. all of a sudden, you know, you're not, you're more conscious of what the people around you think. I don't know what exactly causes that, whether it's just biological, where we just, that just happens or whether yeah. there's a few factors. Well, I think it's a few factors. I know that it's a lot harder. I, I feel for women um, mm. only because you seem to, and this is just what I see from my wife anyway, maybe you're different, but a lot of the time, you know, you spend a lot of time looking at the content of other women. And when I mean other women, I mean Kardashians mm. and all the rest of yes. them. Right? Yep. You've had that much shit shot into them that, you know, what you're seeing isn't really them, right? Let's be honest. Um, and I, I don't know how, whether it's, in, I'm sure it's not intentional. It's just a, maybe subconsciously you start comparing yourself. Oh, and, and 100%. Saying, you know, where, where the, you know, their positives, maybe their lips, their ass, their, their, whatever it is. And you start thinking and comparing it to yourself. And I feel like that's a lot of the issue for women. That's just my personal take on it. Yeah. I guess for me, like, you know, from a young age, like, so all the recent healing stuff that I've been doing, right, taps into a lot of your subconscious. So the way that, you know, you should definitely get someone on your podcast to talk about this because I am no fucking expert. But, and this is me just, you know, what I've been learning recently with all my mindset stuff. You know, we get like, I think it's like 70 to 90,000 thoughts a day come from our subconscious. And so many of them come from our childhood. So it might be what we've seen on the TV, what our parents, we've heard our parents talk about their weight or diet or, you know, it might be like my, one of my first kisses, right? His name was Maddie. I'll never forget it. I still remember what I was wearing and we kissed, we had a pash and I was like feeling myself like, fuck yeah, I'm pretty awesome. And then he went off with the boys and they were like, oh my God, you've kissed the fat one. And that stayed with me. And then I projected like, you know, and so much of like, you know, my anxieties and everything outwards after that, because I would spend so much time in my head and that just kept rolling over and over and over in my head. Like I'm the fat one, I'm the fat one. And that's yeah. when like, you know, all just that one thing that he said, like I've had to go back and do, um, you know, work through like NLP hypnosis and stuff like that to help with that psychology. Um, but that was like one of those major moments in my life that literally sent me on the journey that I had of like, you know, hating myself, the self-hate, the torture. And then, you know, we read magazines and we look on magazines and they're comparing all these body sizes and, you know, and, and one thing that, another thing that happened to me, which was in my twenties was another similar thing. I was hooking up with a guy. We were such good mates. We had so much fun and I, that's what it was. And I had a big crush on him. I'd just broken up with my first serious boyfriend. And I remember I, shouldn't have but I did I looked in his phone fucking idiot and you know he he was in my bag and it was something like his mate was like oh you fucking the fat one again but then you know so and then because I've got that subconscious <clears throat> thought in there and then I've picked up that phone and seen that and there's my validation you are the fat one you are the fat one so those stories just keep going in my head and I think that's what happens in society you know from such a young age we're fed these expectations we're told that women should look a certain way from such a young age you know we hear parents friends families talking about it and that's those seeds are planted from when we're so young. And, you know, for me, that's why it's like doing the work now with Memphis being two and a half, like having conversations about how he's great. Like we're grateful that he's got two legs and he's got beautiful arms that he can cuddle his mum in. Not like, you know, he's not going to be defined by the, what he looks like or what he should look like, or, you know, should have abs, not have abs, like whatever. Do you know what I mean? So mm. I'm trying to do the work with him from such a young age now so that I don't have to do the work now in my fucking, he doesn't have to do the work now in his thirties. Thank you. 
just getting a bit of a postal. Thank you. What? It's not even my, not even my house. Thank you. You know what? It's true though. What you're saying about, especially your childhood, because kids are little pricks. Let's be honest. Mm. Kids are nasty. Oh my God. We all were as kids and, and some more than others. And you know, a lot of that, and you know what? I, I used to be a little prick at school. I'm not going to lie. I was a, a a bit of a fuckwit, especially early in high school, year seven, year eight. I was, um, you know, I regret that deeply. More so because mm. I understand how I made other people feel now, and I hope that none none of my actions caused them to, well, they didn't take any of that into their adulthood. I hope not. But, um, but you know, you can't really blame kids either. Kids are kids, right? No, and <clears> like this is the this is the thing, right? Like. I have not been perfect either. Like I've said some really mean things to people over the years. And, you know, I think I wrote an article and I spoke about it on radio years ago, like how I actually was a mean girl, like at times in high school. And, you know, what I said to people like could have been them taking their own lives. Like, do you know what I mean? Like what we kind of, Mm. you know, we were mean and we were lucky we didn't have social media or anything like that. So people could actually go home and switch off. But, you know, I took responsibility for that because I I, like, and that's, they're the, they're the conversations that I want to have with my child growing up. Like, I just want him to know, to be kind, always kind to himself, because that's one of the biggest issues that we have is because what's going on in our head, we're then saying all these nasty, horrible things to ourselves and then kind to others. Like that's all I ask of what I want him to be and what I'm trying to create, you know, in our household of a mum, because I can't change what I did. And I wish that I could take back some of the things that I, you know, said or done over the years to other people. Cause I now know we're seeing like the repercussions and how hectic it is with our children, you know, on social media and stuff. And it just breaks my heart. But um, Mm. yeah, I, like I said, my mission is to just for him to be kind to himself and kind to others. Definitely. And, and, I think we need to focus more on our strengths, even as adults, we need to focus, especially as adults, focus on our strengths and not, you know, our weaknesses and the negatives, because it's very easy to do that. And, you know, workplaces are another problem because you're judged on your performance, right? And oh, mate, I've coming done, from radio, bloody hell, that's all I was judged on, you know? That's right. Ratings and, and whatnot. That have been, yeah. how did you find the morning radio? Oh, like so much love for that. Like I loved being in a radio uh, radio studio. I loved being on. I loved talking, as you can tell, <laughs> um, and connecting with people and telling <coughs> stories and that kind of thing. But for me, it was like the politics that used to go on behind the scenes and like, you know, they'd put you in shows where it was like two guys, one girl a lot of the time. And, you know, like for someone who wants to have an opinion and, you know, been doing like my own personal development work now, like it was hard sometimes to be felt like I was being heard. And, you know, so it, it sometimes was really tough, but then also I've had like some of the greatest experiences ever. So radio was a hell of a lot of fun. Were you doing that? Cause there's normally two yeah, six to nine, nine to 12. Which one were you doing? Yeah, so I, we were the breakfast rate breakfast show. So I was like, when I worked in Bunbury and Newcastle, it was like five thirty to nine thirty or whatever. And then in Perth, it was six to nine a.m. How do you? I could not imagine getting up at I'm a morning person. Five o'clock and and jumping on the microphone and being so boom at six o'clock well, in the morning. And this is the thing, like when you start <clears> to talk about like content or you know, and you're really passionate about something, and then your co-host like no no, that sounds like, why would I want to talk about that? I want to talk about this. Like I want to talk about Marvel. I want to talk about confidence. Like, Mm. so, you know, at 5.30 in the morning, you're tired and you're then trying to put together a show, like it would get a bit hectic with egos and, you know, people's opinions and all that kind of stuff. But look, I did it for 10 years. And so getting up early for me is quite natural and normal still now. Like I get up at 5am now to do some things for me before Memphis wakes up just after six And I am at my peak in the morning. Like I could record this podcast at 5am and, you know, I'd be on. Yeah, no, not me. I'm very, um, (laughs) anyone that's been on the show will tell you I didn't do anything before 10am. The only one I did, the only one I did early was when I had um, David Icon and I had had to do that like 2.30 in the morning. That was fucking brutal. That was brutal. Oh my God. That's <clears throat> uh, that's putting it out there for this podcast. That's 2.30 recording. That I wouldn't do that. Mm. That's amazing. It was tough, but, you know, it's one of those people where you're like, well, I can't really negotiate times with him. Like if he was to do it at 2.30, well, fuck. We'll do it at oh, 2.30. See, but... I would have probably tried to negotiate. <clears throat> no, it, it was hard. Yeah, I know. It was, it was tough, <clears throat> but 
you know, I, I just, mm. but I used to be, I used to be there. I used to be able to get up 4.35. I actually, I used to do it. So I used to write before I used to do a lot of blogs and I'd get up at 4.35 and I would do an hour or two of writing before I would go to my normal job. Yeah, uh, see? Because it's hard to write and concentrate when the kids are awake, right? So I used to do it while they're still yeah. in bed. Um, whereas now, um, when did I, I think it was August. I got sacked at the end of August for not have, uh, complying with the mandate. So since August, I've been doing all this, just that's all I'm doing, right? So yeah, um, I've switched it up a little bit. But in saying that, from the minute I wake up to the time I go to bed, I don't stop. I've had a day off since, fuck, mm. a year. I've had a, a single, I've never had a day off where I've switched off, not one. So um, I am getting tired now, though. I'm noticing I'm, it's harder for me to get up in the morning. I think I'm just so mentally yeah. fucked. Mate, yeah, everything. you would. And like, well, you've been fighting so many people's mm. battles, right? You've been putting yourself out there for so many other people. Like, you need to take time. Like, that's literally the shit that I teach people, Chris. Christopher, yeah. is it Christopher or Christian? Christian. Christian. That's Christian. literally what I teach. That's that's literally what I teach people like to take time out because you can't mm. keep giving, you know, and that's why I like to do it in the 5am hour because it's peaceful. It's quiet. Like I'll do a bit of yoga. I'll do a bit of meditation. I'll watch some like, or listen to podcast or read a bit of a book or whatever, and just take that time for me. And mm. that was an absolute game changer after coming from radio, but like literally why I'm tapped out now is because I've got to stop. I've got to slow down. So you need to fuck can do that yeah but you see we, we i guess look i'll look at this as slowing down right so for the best part of six months i was speaking to people like the doctors i've had on and really intelligent people i've got to be <coughs> professional <laughs> face on right and, and switch my brain and on then you've got me really intelligent people and uh, then you've got me <laughs> no don't think that no you know what I, i've I, honestly i was doing that for for I said six months nonstop. And then I thought, you know what? Fuck, I want to have a little bit of fun because they're serious conversations, right? Talking about mm. really important issues. So yeah, I was like, I want to really have fun. They're like, I want to have fun. And so I started to talk to, um, I've had a few athletes on. Um, Jake Matthews. I don't know if you know of Jake Matthews. He's, yeah, I know um, that name. Yeah, he's Victoria, but he's um, he fights in the UFC. So he's a current UFC fighter. So I had him yeah. on. Then I thought, fuck, I really enjoyed that because I love, I love the UFC. I love combat sports. So I was like, okay, well, yeah. why can't I keep doing that? So while I have sort of changed it up a bit, um, some people aren't happy, but you know what? It's my fucking life. And if it's my show, oh, my life. So I'll do what I want to do. And I feel like these conversations adds another element to the show and why, you know, a certain amount of people may not want to hear it. That's fine. That's their choice, right? You don't have to listen to it, but there's people yeah. who benefit greatly from this conversation that we're having. So yeah, um, it's important to, to be, I guess, to diversify guests and topics and all the rest of it. But for me, I enjoy this. Like I did enjoy doing what I was doing at the beginning, but it was yeah. more of a, like I'm doing other people a favor as well. If that makes you, sense. You felt like it was your duty. Like you were being the voice for so many people. And I think that's a lot of responsibility. Do you know what I mean? And like, I think that's why a lot of people looked up to you, including myself, because maybe we we're too afraid to say what we really truly felt ourselves on our own platforms or, um, you know, in our or in circles of friends and stuff like that. But, you know, when we're putting together content and this is the thing, my friend Christian Hull recently literally just posted, um, this vulnerability overshare, like crying. And like, he's the funny guy on social media, right? Like he's the one that's totally taking the piss. I haven't heard of him. What's his and name? Christian. Christian, Christian Hull. Hull. Christian Hull. Oh, you, my God, you would love him. He's a mental case. Um, he, you know, people like he talked about like how people started to disown him because he wanted people to pay for his content. Now this is, if he want people want him to keep creating content, he needs to be able to find the joy in what he's doing for some of it. And he also should be paid. Like if that's, do you know what I mean? Like that's a way of him to make money. And like, people just expect so much sometimes. Well, that, that, that's what please... I was going to mention because that's an yeah. important topic for me. I'd like to speak about it. So I just followed Christian, by the way. Yes. Oh my God, you'll love him. But his bio, his shop's called Fuck Off Shop. So I'm already a fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, well, you that's know what? Where I thought the wife might have found me through Christian. Uh, no, I've I never heard of him, but I've followed him now. So, but you know, that, that's something I want to speak about because I feel like that's something that's holding me back a little bit. And it shouldn't be, but it is. So, mm. everything I've done from the beginning, everything, this episode, every single thing I've done is free, right? You can jump yeah. out on the platform. This is not free. It doesn't cost you anything, right? So, at the end of it, it's very, like, this is easy. Me and you talking is easy. It's not hard to have a conversation. What's hard yeah. is reaching out to people, getting that contact with them, because it's not easy. Some of the guests I had on a fucking massive. So it's hard mm. to even get in contact with them, right? Then I've got to organize it, then prepare all the rest of it. That's a lot of work and time. 
So I thought, well, you know what? People find value in my show. They enjoy it. Um, so I thought, what can I do? Um, obviously, generate a bit of income from the show, but still give it for free. But to the people that mm. really support the show. So I thought, well, I'll create that Patreon, which I did. That's um, what he did. Yeah, Prime Mod Premium. Yeah. And, and a lot of people have been okay with that. But you get the comments like, you're all about money. I'm like, no, I'm fucking not all about money. If I was all about money, I'd be charging you. I'd be charging you to be here or vice versa. And I'm not about money at all in the slightest. And but I put a lot of time and a lot of work and a lot of effort. As I said, I haven't had a day off and I work nonstop. I I sacrifice time with my kids and my wife to do Mm -hmm. this. So, you know, to me, I'm like, well, that's something that if people want to support the show, they can. But if they don't want to, that's totally fine as well, whatever. And then I thought, well, because I speak to a lot of people about health, right? And often speak about the supplements that I take. And mm. people often ask me a lot of questions about them. Um, what do you take? You know, what benefits are there and so on? And I had a lot of affiliate codes where, you know what it's like, people use a code and whatnot. Yeah. And I was doing that. And then, but I, I ended up having, I have good relationships with all the brands that I work with. So I thought, well, you know what? I, I, I'm in a position where I can probably stock, I have my own online store, thought I'll start stocking their products. So I've worked out um, wholesale accounts with them and, now I'm, I'm in a, like a reseller of their products on my store, which is cool because I, I, I use all of them. I believe in them. So I thought, well, that's something I can do as well to generate a bit of income. Yeah. And people are paying no more for them than what they would mm. pay from the, the supermarkets or whatever, or even the brands. It's the same price. But they're supporting me rather than a big supermarket or, or pharmacy chain, right? Yeah. Um, but people still have a problem with that. It's like, I'm not putting a gun to your head telling you to fucking buy it. Like, if you want to buy it, buy it. If you don't, that's fine. Like, whatever. But to say that I'm doing everything for money, that, that that's one thing that does piss me off. Mm, that pisses me off. And you know what? I will say to someone who is, if that is your choice right now, and that's the, your choice of words that you've been using, my thing is, is you're placing expectations on Chris that aren't his. And then you're sitting there and have to having to justify yourself. And that's not fair because no. like you said, you've got time away <laughs> from your family. You don't fucking owe anyone shit. You owe no one shit. You have now, you have done the work to build your brand, which is also what I coach people in like marketing and building brands and stuff and making money from that. You have built that and you can sell whatever the fuck you want. What I would tell you to do is I would tell you to make ads with those affiliate codes and I would start putting them on your podcast because the thing is, that is how you will make money so that you can continue to actually get these big guests so you can continue to do and create all these awesome conversations around all the things that are, you know, that are happening in the world, because at the end of the day, you're going to burn out and you're not going to be able to do it if you don't have that, like, you know, that kind of like um, pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, right? Like you Mm. need to make money from this. This, you don't owe anyone anything. Like to me that it's disappointing that people say that. And I would ask for them to look at themselves and say like, why do you expect him to give you free content? Like, why is it because what's going on with you? Like, do you know what I mean? Like that you Mm. are placing your expectations on someone else. Like we should be grateful. It's the same thing that happened to Christian was when he went on Patreon and he's got like staff and everything. Like he's millions and millions of followers and people just want him to like create funny videos. Like he's making you feel and changing your day every single day. That guy is worth more than fucking $10 a month. Like, you know what I mean? And it's like, that's where I think it's really disappointing that people are saying that and that's shit. And as you can tell, I got very passionate about that, but I would tell you, I I will message you how you can like, I know Angie Lee, she's like an amazing podcaster in the U S you know how she makes so much of her money. She has millions of downloads on her podcast, but she has affiliate codes and she turns those into little fun ads in the middle of her show. And that's where she pushes people like, and that's how you can create this and people are like, Oh, I don't want to listen to ads. Well, sorry, tough luck. Sometimes you do, because that's how I'm going to make my money so I can feed my five kids and then also bring you the the content that you want. That's right. And the craziest part is these same people were like, well, you pay, like, if you want to read a book, you buy the book. If you want yeah. to watch a movie, you go to the cinemas, you'll pay for tickets. Or <clears throat> if you like a, a particular artist, you'll pay to listen to their music on Spotify or whatever it is. And it's like, I don't understand this. It, it's a weird space though. And it's like, well, mm. the problem that I have is that I have to be a little bit different because I, I'm very different in itself. But I mean, YouTube won't monetize my content. They've already rejected yeah. it for literally no reason, but we all know the reason, right? 
Yeah. <laughs> the same as Instagram. I tried adding a store to Instagram with my online store. They declined it. We all know the reason why. So I've had that. I've had episodes removed from from platforms because of what I talk about. So it's yeah. very hard for me. I have to jump over a thousand fences to get to where the average person who just buys into everything and just goes along with the narrative because they can. They got to jump mm. one or two fences. I've got to jump a thousand to get to the same spot. Yeah. So, if you support me, then terrific. Then you can you can subscribe on on Patreon, no problem. Or you don't have to. That that's fine. I'm fine either way. But yeah, it's an option. But this whole concept of that people expect everything for free. Nothing is for free. Nothing. No. And I, you, you've got subscriptions to to Disney Plus, Netflix, Spotify, all the rest of them. You pay for a them. Thousand percent. Because you support them now, my show is content. It's no different. Mm. It, it, it's 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 weird. It's a strange space, but it's yeah. Okay. And but also, I would say to people as well, like, what are you like? This is a thing, right? It's like a mirror reflection. So, like, what issues do you have in your life around money? <laughs> That's what I would be asking. Like, you yeah. know, how like then it reflects back on you, and it's like if you're so fucking tight that you won't support someone who is literally a change maker who is doing this out of the love of changing the world for your children, you know, like I, I just, I guess I wouldn't want them as a, a listener anymore because I would be like, well, you can unsubscribe. You can, you don't have to listen. Do you know what I mean? Like there's plenty of free content, but this is the thing. It's like that, those expectations that we just keep placing on people. And I think that sucks and you're worth every penny because you are a content creator and you should be paid for that. You've built a brand, a successful brand that mm. people wouldn't know the information that they know to like make the decisions that they're making if they didn't have you chasing those interviews and stuff like that. <laughs> As you can yeah. tell, I'm very passionate. It's No, and you should be because it's a, it's a, it's a confusing, I guess, well, it's not confusing for us. It's straightforward, but for some people, they seem to be a little bit, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Where there's an expectation, as you said, where because I speak about the things that I speak about, they think that people like myself and many others shouldn't be profiting from it. It's like, well, I'm not. I'm not profiting no. from that. Like, if you go to my store and you buy um, ancestral tabs, which are great, by the way, plug. <laughs> but, but seriously, if you buy them, like you're getting a product for your money. Yeah. You're paying me the $80 for the, for the capsules and getting nothing. Yeah. Right? And it's the same as my Patreon. Like, okay, yes, you're paying money, but you're also getting to listen to the podcast before anyone else. They're, they're released and they're early, right? You're getting all these other things that I have on there. You can, if you're on there, you can ask guests a question, which is, I wish I could do that to some of my shows, right? I'd love yeah. to ask the guests a question. So, and I do, I take time out of the episode and I sit down with the guests. I've got to convince them to let them, me ask them a fan question, which some of them are okay, mm. some aren't. But, you know, and then they get the question answered. That's pretty cool. That's a level of engagement they wouldn't otherwise have. So yeah, I find it beneficial and there's it, but for some reason, it's just, a, I don't know. But also you shouldn't <clears throat> have to fucking justify that at the end of the day, you shouldn't have to justify the fact that this is how you are building, mm. you know, your family's life and empire, your own empire. And, you know, they could be jealous because they're not doing the same thing, you know? Well, I think a lot of it has to be jealousy. I don't like, I don't like labeling people as jealous because I don't, I'm a normal person, right? And you know what I'm saying. I don't feel like I'm better than anyone else. So yeah, jealousy same. for me is a weird term, right? But there has yeah. to be some of it. It has to be there because I could not imagine taking time out of my day to criticize another person for making money for their family. Yeah. Like seriously. Well, and it, it, it comes back yeah. to how happy they are in their life, you know, and this that's a whole other topic for another day. <laughs> like, you yeah. know, the, the way that people do, they're criticizing online and having all these things to say. And I think it reflects back to you, like how happy are you in your own life that you can, you want to say that to someone else and you want to tear someone else down, you know, massive part of my success is because I celebrate all of the women that I have around me, you know, and the men, <laughs> mm. but like, I very much am focused on, you know, the groups that I've created and the communities that I've created. And it's all about celebration over competition any day. And I am for anyone making money, however they need to make money when they're putting themselves out there. Yeah. And, and, and that's right. And it was unfortunate that, um, you know, I did get put off due to the mandates from a job I loved. Um, mm. and I've persevered and I've found a way to, look after my family and that's it. I'm proud of that. And, but it's, it's, yeah. it's at the point where, I, you know, some people are, you can't reason with unreasonable people. That's the thing. 
And a lot of those people are just completely unreasonable. Yeah, a hundred percent. But anyway, it's going to cut us off again. So we'll end it here anyway. But listen, um, it's been a pleasure. You can come back anytime. Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming to my TED talk there where I got really passionate. Um. <laughs> that's, that's good. I love passion. Passion is my favorite thing to say. Uh, yeah. Well, thank you so much. And like I said, you're doing amazing things and you deserve, like you need to put, like I said, ads in here and like, you know, how we can support in different ways because like that's how we can get around each other, you know? Yeah. And we've got our own community, which is cool. Our own little community online. And um, that's one thing I'm very proud of is the community I've built. Yeah. On, on my Fuck pages yeah. and yeah, it, it's connecting not only me with, with other people that I would normally have. So like Kelly Slater's in my inbox. Like it's fucking insane. Right. Oh That's my insane. God. I love so that. It's like, yeah, but it's insane. It was like, it still spins me out that why the fuck is he talking to me for? Like, really? Yeah. But that's the community that we've built. We were interact with people we wouldn't have otherwise interacted with. And we're all passionate about the same thing. So it's a great thing. Legend. I love you. Thank you so much. I'm not Kelly Slater, but I'm Heidi Anderson. Heidi Anderson. <laughs> Thanks, Heidi. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, legend. See you later.